Good evening, my little Tesla coils, and welcome to Slow Motion Triple Feature, a podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks. Each month, uh, each month, a different friend will select a different triple feature for their friends to enjoy and discuss. Slow Motion Triple Feature is one of the many fine podcasts brought to you by the American Friend Institute. I'm your host, Mike Keller, and I'm joined today by my good friends, Kit and Andrew. Tonight, we're finishing off Andrew's unique biopics triple feature with 2020's Tesla, starring Ethan Hawke and Kyle McLaughlin. And directed by Michael Almereda, I believe. Yeah, I couldn't. Right. I tried when I finished the movie last night. I was like, I tried to say his yeah. name out loud and I, I couldn't do it. I think Almereda would work. Either mm-hmm. that or it's like Almi Ray the Almi. I think it's Almereda. Yeah, I can't imagine that would be it. <laughs> um, Kate, your lipstick, lipstick is popping tonight. Uh, thanks. I just got three new lipsticks. Um, you don't have to wear them all at once (laughs) (laughs) i was just gonna say have you ever considered wearing one shade on the top and one shade on the bottom yeah that's a thing it is okay cool yeah how do you get them from sticking together if you do that well i think eventually they just would no not you just have to keep your mouth slightly agape all the time (laughs) well and there's also other lipstick finishes that wouldn't mix as much i just can, i don't can use, you like can you speak without your lips ever touching is that possible? not really Kinda. i mean you can't actually make the sound <laughs> i think we should just try it for the duration of the episode okay let's all do it <laughs> mike good. you look you look the weirdest while you do it mike <laughs> i'm not letting these things touch <laughs> got- wow yeah. that's good yeah. dude you could that's be a really kill- good <laughs> yeah i got practice doing this Oh, you're going to be able to scare dude, a lot of children in the neighborhood. You should seriously look into that. <laughs> That's just how I'll talk when I'm old anyways. I won't have teeth in there. Your favorite. What if, what if Mike has just been leaving a uh, a successful career as a ventriloquist on the table all these years? <laughs> you could be the next, uh, what's his name? Jeff Dunham? The one with the racist mm-hmm. puppets? Yeah. You could. Yeah. <laughs> you could I, you, more you than could anybody that. you know, I could be the next Jeff Dunham. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, uh. Anyhow, how are we all doing tonight? Pretty good. I mean, well, Kit and I were talking about uh, just bullshit work stuff. Yeah. Work. Um, yeah, work sucks, man, you know? I love my job, but okay. I know other people don't like their jobs as much as well, I do. I love but they make my more, job. So even I, would, I would say we do like our jobs. I would say right. that, sure. it's, yes. which, which I think makes it especially frustrating when you want to fucking rage quit and throw your computer out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, we watched a movie, too, and that's, you know. We did. That's, that's... I just finished it this afternoon, as a matter okay. of fact. Okay, cool. All right. Um, well. But, uh, yeah, why don't you, uh, I don't know. Kick, kick it off? What? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we kind of talked about it in the last episode, but nobody yeah. listens to the podcast anyway, so just yeah, whatever. chance that somebody happens into this one. Well, I, uh, I did struggle with this triple a little bit. I knew I wanted to watch Mishima, and, um, and then I knew that there were a bunch of, you know, as I said in the last probably two episodes, I, I traditionally I don't like biopics um, mm-hmm. because I think they tend to follow a very specific, especially since like 2002, 2003, uh, a very specific like Oscar Beatty um, formula that I don't mm-hmm. I don't like and I don't think is very truthful. Not that I think biopics need to be truthful, but I think you guys get what I mean. Um, and, but there are a few that I do like, they're like Mishima, as I mentioned, and, um, 
honestly, the aviator is kind of like is kind of like one of those, uh, you know, aforementioned kind of Oscar Beatty uh, biopics. But I really love the aviator. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so and Ed Wood, obviously, we talked about that last week. Great movie. Love that movie. Um, and then I happened upon this one like a few months ago. As I said <laughs> last episode, I watched I watched like half of it um, during a power outage until my computer died. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I got it on a whim and I had never heard of it. Um, and it's not like Ethan Hawke has been doing, you know, he, he pops up in cool stuff sometimes slightly. But like for the last few years, you know, it's kind of a flip of the coin. Um, and I watched this and I thought it just had a kind of interesting interesting way of 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 getting around its budget and um you know i like movies that are low budget in a way that makes you feel like it like maybe the amount of money they spent upon spent on it was part of the plan to begin with if that makes sense mm-hmm. so like um like moonlight is uh like a uh, what 1.5 million dollars or something like that and i think it just oozes that money i think it looks really good um and i think it looks it looks like this was always the intent i feel like there's with smaller movies like this there tends to be i don't know if they're if, if this is true but it, it can feel like there's like even more thought and planning because they have so little money to make it um and i don't know how much this movie was made for but i don't think it was very much because there are like no establishing shots. It's it's a period piece, but like the the way they establish time, other than other than using like you know the garb and and just like kind of the way they speak and things like that. But there are um, you know there's like like there's a shot where he meets Tesla meets Westinghouse for the first time, and I remember he's in this kind of kind of like basement bar, and he looks out the window. And you can see like the feet of a couple of kids, you know, in like wool pants <laughs> playing stickball or whatever the fuck. Um, and you, it's just like a, a, a tiny vignette of of what you would see in like a, a big budget um, movie where you would have like a big, you know, CG composited skyline and, you know, smokestacks and shit like that. Um, and then also they do things like, you know, kind of pull out of the movie and do Google searches and they do things like, um, you know, when they're talking about like Tesla as a kid, they just like shoot a desk against a rear projected screen and a little boy sitting at it. And then there's just like, you know, Hungarian forest or something. Um, and it's, it's completely artificial and it's not trying to not look artificial, you know, it's, um, so I just, I don't know. I find that very interesting. I think it's, even like when they, you know, they kind of do the, um, the the sort of Ken Burns like documentary effect on like photos and pictures of schematics and just all kinds of different images and there's there's sort of an uh, an imperfection to the way they do it. You know, sometimes they'll have like a photo that's kind of put in at like a wonky angle or something like that and has like a I don't know like a like a like a bevel or something to it. It's just there's it's just not something that you would see in a professionally made movie. And um, yeah, I don't know what the result is kind of a, I don't know, I guess if I would sum it up, it feels maybe a little, I think the movie's a little kind of hard to um, 
follow at times. Like I think especially in the first like 20, 30 minutes, I'm just like, it's, you know, vignette after vignette after vignette, and I'm not quite sure where I'm at. Um, and then I think maybe it kind of peters out in the end. But I do think the visuals are interesting enough to warrant its existence. Um, I did ultimately enjoy it. Um, but yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, Kit, what did you think? Oh, well, I'm sorry to say that with everything going on today, work wise, it was not the most attentive or enjoyable (laughs) film watching experience for me. Um, I had no time to just like sit and watch it without also working on other things. So, but I did find it enjoyable. It, I mean, if nothing else, I found it really interesting to look at and the there's like a lightness and like kind of experimental quality to the it's it is similar to Mishima in a way in that you feel like you're very aware you're watching a movie you can't really get lost in it in a way but it makes a very for a very fun kind of viewing experience I think it's not like pretentious in how it's in the ways that it's experimental yeah um and so it was it was very enjoyable i feel like as a biopic it was a little bit i don't i mean i think part of the point is that tesla is a little bit impenetrable and we don't really know about him um and i don't feel that i learned (laughs) much about him from this movie in the way that i did feel i learned i really did get like a character study of mishima who is also a very like impenetrable character um So I wouldn't say it's like super successful as like shedding light on who Tesla was, but it's also very open about how that's difficult (laughs) and how it's not. And I mean, it's making up stuff about his life, um, you know, and telling you like this didn't happen. So like that seems that's okay for a movie to like not be truthful. So that's fine. It's almost like you have like, I kind of wonder if they felt like they had to write scenes in there just to like give the audience like mm-hmm. some some spot to like really root for him. Yeah. Beca- because I mean, it's just it is kind like he's kind of a miserable dude and like he's obviously a genius, but it's like what a fucking just bummer of a life, I guess. I feel like I learned a lot more. I really liked uh, Kyle McLaughlin as Me too. Edison, who like yes. I would never have thought, but he his appearance really evokes Edison. Like I agree, you put like heavy eyebrows and gray hair on him, and it like he actually does look like him, which I wouldn't have thought. And I do feel like I got a lot of like almost way more insight into Edison, but maybe he was a much more kind of straightforward, simple kind well, of person. The thing the thing I find interesting about Edison is that, and I have no idea how truthful uh this character is to the 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 you know the actual person and i don't care that much but um you know i feel like edison has become a character similar in some ways to like christopher columbus where he's a villain (laughs) as like a young kid we you know we write book reports on yeah (laughs) thomas edison i wrote one of my first book reports was about thomas edison and then you know as you get older uh you know your understanding of uh, Thomas Edison becomes like, um, you know, 
an, uh, an array of, of headlines and tweets talking about how he stole everybody's ideas. Um, mm-hmm. So it was kind of nice. I think going into this movie, you expect to hate him. And it's kind of nice. Like, he is a prick, but he's also, like, got a little bit of charisma. And, yeah, the scenes like, with there's... his wife were, like, good. and Uh-huh, yeah. And, like, yeah. He, he's got, he's got uh, you know, there's, like, one scene with his children. And it's, like, it's just a couple of acting beats, but it, like, gives mm-hmm. you something, something to latch onto. Um, and, yeah, I think it, I think it... It definitely enriches the movie, I think, and gives it a little bit more than, um, you know, Tesla good, Edison bad. Um, and I'm, there's plenty of there's plenty there's plenty of bad things to say about Thomas Edison. That oh, it's he killed like, a lot okay. of dogs in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, what yeah. was that? He killed a lot of dogs in this movie. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I wondered how you were gonna do with that. <laughs> I did not. I skipped it. Yeah. <laughs> I saw bad. them putting the little thing on the dog's paw, and I'm like, nope. I felt I like did. the part where he cut the dog open and paraded around in his, his fur <laughs> with the blood dripping down seemed a bit much. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if that really happened, <laughs> but it made right. for good. It made for good cinema. Yeah, I think the movie the movie feels like it. It does. It it definitely makes sense for this triple because. It feels like, hey, movies are fun and you can make a good movie about a guy's life that is self-conscious of the fact that it's a film <laughs> and it's not like the definitive word on this guy. And it did. It feels like a movie that like you watch and you kind of want to make a movie after, I think, which is almost the highest compliment I can give a film where it's like, well, I could get a big screen and put a picture on the back of it and have a guy stand in front of it, you know, <laughs> like, you know, and it looks great. That's, it looks awesome. I, that's how I felt about um, Goodbye to Language, which was, I don't know, yes. a Godard movie like a few years ago. I was like, I don't oh, like yeah. this at all. But after watching it, I'm like, I could make a movie like yeah. like <laughs> this. This was there was so much about that movie, you know, because he's like one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And all this and uh yeah then you watch like his new movie and it's just like this is this but I is honestly crappy I, and i could I do think it think it's a compliment though because it's, to me it's not exactly the same as when you see like um a jackson pollock and you're like oh my kid could do that it's like right. it kind of makes you want to go do it which is like yes. that's really a good achievement for a work of art to make yeah. you want to go do it yourself like sure. even if you don't like the thing even if it is just to make something better it's like that's great yeah. That's 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 called being inspired. Yeah. Yeah. And it and, makes and sense for this movie, <laughs> for this figure in particular. I agree. And I think it's it's a very different way than uh Ed Wood leaves me feeling inspired. Um but it's not an entirely different way because like we talked about Ed Wood, you're like, you know, he this guy's famous now for making the worst movies of all time, but damn if he didn't have fun doing it. Exactly. And then so like I should I guess I haven't said anything yet. I didn't like this movie. I didn't hate it by any means, but it really kind of just passed me by. And I just I wasn't I had a really hard time getting engaged with Tesla's character. Um, sure. And without that, I also didn't I wasn't very interested in what was happening in terms of, you know, it really kind of throws you right into the middle of the action where you start the film with Edison and Tesla working together and at no point did it really develop into a story where I was like, okay, now I want to see where this goes or even yeah. like, maybe I'll learn something, but which is all fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess to the original point, just like 
Ed Wood left me feeling like it's like the kind of the inspiration of like, you know, it's it's doing it that is yes. what you want. Whereas yes. this is more of like the goodbye to language style type of thing where it's like, damn, I could make a movie. This this wasn't good. Like this wasn't. You know, but like, yeah, well you the, the, it was made. I mean, there are things in it that look. I, I really yes. like the cinematography, the lighting in this, which like kind of makes I don't know. Yeah. Andrew knows more about this, but like it seems like for this particular character, when most of the movie is about electricity and a lot of it is about light, that mm. the lighting needs to be like good and interesting. And I thought it was it reminded me a lot of I was like thinking of specific artists watching this like it 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 was interesting, too, because the artists it was bringing to mind were all like. 1870s 1880s which is like when the movie is taking place yeah and um one of them is even like in philadelphia like from philadelphia like and part of the movies in in pennsylvania in like pittsburgh or something mm-hmm. um but it was like a lot of like they're like gustav kaibot who there's i feel like it's a particular reference and i'm sorry for like uh people who are listening to this but i'm gonna like pull up the image and send it to you um we're going to send it to everybody who's listening. <laughs> no, I'm going to send it to you. Where I feel like this particular work is being referenced in the uh, roller skating scene that gets oh, repeated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can see that. And then a lot of the interior scenes also looked like very uh, Kaibot to me. Here, I'm sending you another one. Um, this is a great painting. Yeah, I love it. It's so cool. He, he Kaibot is someone who was very influenced by photography, by like now, the advent of photography. Question: Is Kaibot related to Lobot? Yes. Cool. It is great. his great uncle. <laughs> um, and then there are also these, uh, just the light that's super like bright white, or to me that's what it looks like, like super bright white. All the like white and black of this movie just looks very like Orientalist to me yep. and then Ooh, there's some ladies. scenes yeah and then there's some scenes that are that reminded me of like the Gro- thomas eakins works um i mean part of it is just like the facial hair <laughs> of yeah. the men but it did seem it was interesting to me to watch a movie where i and i looked for interviews i don't think this movie is very big or very talked about really no so there wasn't a lot of information about it but i was kind of wondering like it, it's interesting to me if the film was actually pursuing the kind of light that existed in this time period, or at least the way that people were capturing it, um, which well, kind I mean, of seems to me like they were. I think so. Yeah. But then, and on the flip on the, you know, there's a, it does another thing, like a lot of the, the, um, the night, like the night shots, you've got like really stylized, like blues and oranges, yeah. but, but in a way that isn't like, that I don't think is like super super obvious. Um, like it doesn't look like a, I don't know, a movie from two thousand ten. But right, it, I do. I do think this this movie has decide. I think I think that the the people who the the the, the director decided that this was going to be like a he was going to be very the the form was going to be very malleable, and I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that they'll go to like a crazy. Um, like handheld wide angle shot. It looks like a, like like a Soderbergh movie or something like that. And it mm-hmm. just doesn't look like it looks like the Nick, you know, like it doesn't look yeah. like a period piece to me. And I like um, I like that a lot. I like I like the idea that 
you aren't you don't need to marry yourself to a specific look or a style because of when a movie takes place and i feel like i feel like that's part of the reason why i don't love a lot of biopics Mm -hmm. because i feel like they're trying to emulate a very specific look that everybody else is also trying to emulate well it also seemed to me that a lot of this was shot on location as opposed to sets no oh yeah 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 any anything i think i think the colorado stuff is all in a set i think um i think obviously anything in front of a screen but yeah i think a lot of it feels like old hotels old bars exactly that that bar that he's talking to the comedian jim what's his name in uh i was like oh jim gaffigan jim gaffigan Gaffigan in i was like that's looks like I mean, there are places that look like that. It's just interesting to see like that looks exactly like a late 19th century mm-hmm. building, which it probably is. But it's also to me clearly been renovated. Like it also looks like we that's how we design bars now. <laughs> it's like very similar. Like it's got that it's got subway tile. It's got like brass fixtures. And it was just like it was a cool mix of modern and old where like it's genuinely old but it's also in style now like it makes total periods it's just it was again a cool way to make a movie and be like yeah you could go to this place and here's your period bar you know like um and then i'm sure when they're gone like you know a bunch of hipsters go down there and drink like it's just it's that's kind of cool they were just waiting on the other side of the door twirling their mustaches (laughs) I love that shot in that scene too, where he looks out the door and there's just like a kid lying on the. Yes, that's stoop. the one. I was t- that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, and and like they also do things like um. They also do things like uh like at one point he's he's done some sort of exhibition and he walks outside with his partner and it's snowing and the shot never leaves him and I think he starts smoking a cigarette. And the camera pulls back a little bit, but you never even see the entire building. You see him standing outside looking at whatever the camera can't see. And then it's just a soundscape. You hear horses and buggies. You hear people talking. And I think that's one of the great things about film is that I is that I can believe that I am I'm in this location where mm-hmm. if you know they zoomed out even another few millimeters there's probably somebody's tesla parked you know <laughs> right next to it and uh, a mcdonald's right across the street or some shit um i don't know i i part of me appreciates that i don't need a 50 million dollar mm-hmm. budget and you know this big expansive uh you know, Sherlock Holmes style um, yeah. establishing shot to make me believe that I'm in a place in time. Yeah, I love a big like I love a big aviator type period piece. That's like super fun. But mm-hmm. it is it is like inspiring to me that like, yeah, you can use very old fashioned filmmaking <laughs> techniques to achieve a kind of consistent tone and then also be creative like to me, the story elements, the way that it plays with, you know, fi- basically fact and fiction and modernity and this period thing may have something to do with the budget of the film. Sure. 
but they don't feel like mere concessions to that. So like, I mean, I see Mike's point too. Like I, I don't think this was like a great, perfect movie, but I think it was very interesting and worth watching and like an easy way to spend your time partly because it is pretty clever about dealing with the limitations that they may have had and in making them not feel like limitations and making them feel like, well, we wanted to make this kind of movie, <laughs> you know? One of my favorite, there's this, there's a super low budget um, vampire movie from like 10 or 12 years ago called Stakeland. And one of my favorite low budget uh film things ever happens in this movie nobody saw this fucking thing but there's a uh a, a, like an a, an attack from people who are in a helicopter and you hear the helicopter and then a spotlight comes on and and then there's wind but you never see the helicopter and i just love the idea that there's a you know a couple guys on a scissor lift and a giant fan somewhere blowing everybody's hair <laughs> and then somebody just shaking a light and like and then just putting all that sh- all the sound effects in post um i think it's i think it's cool when you can i think it's cool when you know enough about movies where you to where you can see filmmaking but also see how clever it can be in its simplicity mhm um so yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 and, and I, and I agree that there's not, there's not really like much of a plot here. So I do think that does make it kind of hard to like, you know, because there is sort of a, the, in, in maybe there's like the AC, the AC versus DC thing kind of going on, but it doesn't really like it. It doesn't like crescendo in a way that I think. Um, yeah, it just uh, they kind of, it just, just like kinda, fades out of the movie. <laughs> Which is kind of what happens to Tesla. Yeah. I mean, that's kind yeah. of what his life is. Um, but I do think, I do think there are little things. Um, like I love, there are things that happen in this movie that make me feel like they are trying. Like, uh, like I think, I think when we see Edison sitting at the counter and he pulls out his iPhone or whatever, to me that's like a very interesting way to acknowledge i think it i think what they're trying to do is sort of acknowledge tesla's genius in a way with things like that like he's so forward thinking that he's and i could be reaching but i do think this is what they're trying to do i do think they are trying to paint a picture of the world that he sees um mm-hmm. maybe not maybe those are just super literal um examples that we as modern people can grasp um, but I do think that's cool. Oh, another really cool thing. I know I'm just kind of like jumping around now, but I, there's a, in the opening scene when we're in the we're in the, the scene with, um, with Edison and Tesla and a bunch of other Edison employees. And I love, this is what made me love, honestly, Edison is, um, the, the music's going and it's score. And then he starts, Edison starts telling a story and the score stops and he says something to the person playing. You don't have to stop just because I started talking. And then we realize that it's somebody in the room, but they never show the person in the room. Like we never see that. So it's, I don't know if they're breaking the fourth wall. Uh, and I don't know what it necessarily means for the movie. Like, I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't, 
maybe it's just kind of helping us set up the the language of the movie, you know, that this movie is not going to be bound by, uh, you know, the 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 separation between the audience and the and and the character. Maybe this movie is like the Deadpool of biopics or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, and there's a, there's a few moments like that throughout the movie that I think are really interesting. I got a couple of notes. Let's do it. Um, we've touched on a lot of stuff. So I did not particularly like the the parts where she was like, if you Google Tesla, you'll find yeah. this many pictures. If you Google Edison, you'll find this many. But partially because I really I didn't I didn't really like the intrusions of like modern the modern ah, world. Interesting. Um, but I also didn't really think that that was very interesting or really tells you that much. Like it just means there's not as many. No, and it wasn't. Here's my problem with that is it wasn't enough more. I thought there should have been like four times as many entries for Edison than for, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. Like, it's weird. And I also wonder how you would even do that Google search now because Tesla means so many things. (laughs) Well, that's another thing is that like, yeah, like it doesn't a Google search for something will pull up. I mean, you could you could you could Google search any number of things and have. 1.5 1.5 million results but it doesn't reflect mm-hmm. anything about the thing in the way well, that yeah. it seems like they were saying well did they so, yeah. did they filter out tesla the car it's also probably yeah. just bad timing because if you want to make a movie about how basically in a sense tesla is sort of lost to history or a kind of fringe figure he's way more relevant than edison right. now <laughs> so. yeah well that's i wondered like like Tesla became like this meme on Reddit, like where it was something that people talked about a lot and like worshipped. And it's kind of like with the Columbus stuff like you're talking about. It's like there's this sense of like corrective history where it's like, well, we were taught this as a kid, but the truth is this. And then it's just like that, like ad nauseum and they just won't shut the fuck up about it. Um, And so like I kind of felt I I couldn't help but watch this with Reddit hanging over my head um, Mm. where like... I felt like it's like, are they trying to like Joker Tesla where he's like, he's <laughs> like, I'm this extremely brilliant and misunderstood guy. And I guess nobody understands me. And and so like, I'm just picturing like some sort of like, you know, uh, some Redditor sitting there being like, this guy's me. I'm like Tesla. I would um, maybe see that, except I think they're nicer to Edison than that movie yes. would be. For sure, Edison I, I guess was maybe worse than this movie for sure. Him as. But, but yeah, <laughs> but Edison Edison also did like launch smear campaigns. Uh, did yeah, things they didn't like really to do did, anything about that? I know, but that's so I was kind of confused. But but I don't think you want to see. Nobody wants to see that movie. I, I think mean, Edison that, I might think have you, killed a guy <laughs> or yeah. had a guy killed. <laughs> I, I think you and you and the director are equally uh, exhausted by Reddit headlines. Right. I mean, I would like to just like kind of have a shakedown of the story or something. But, well, like, he said I, I read know. one interview with the director and he had an interesting point where he was like, I want to see a Tesla subgenre. He's basically like, there's a million movies you could make about Tesla, which yeah. like I think this movie feels true to that idea that like yeah. this is one. I of feel like so many. One of the things that's so annoying about like biopics is it's like this is going to be the only movie about this guy. You know, yeah, that's a good point. You know, and the, this, this guy seems to know I'm not making the only movie about Tesla. This is <laughs> all fact, part of the from Tesla that year. It made mm-hmm. me want to watch the current war. Yes, because... which I've actually heard is a better movie. I've heard the current okay. war is pretty good. 
Uh, okay. I'll yeah, check I'm, that I'm out. curious about it because I think Michael Shannon's in it. So who does he Ooh, play? There you go. I don't know if that's even right, but I can't think of any other reason why I was going to watch the current <laughs> war. I think he might play Westinghouse. Let me see. Benedict if, Cumberbatch is in it, but I don't remember anything else about it. What a fucking tear. Am I crazy? Or is he this plays like, Westinghouse. Do- Boom. Do I know my Michael Shannon or do I? <laughs> I yes, I guess so. <laughs> um, okay, a couple other notes I had. Uh, so early on, a note I put was so like the fir- the way they introduce Edison is him like just calmly watching a child die and then returning home. Yeah. And uh, I was like, if you want me to dislike a character, you should not cast Kyle McLaughlin. Like, I know. Uh, <laughs> but as the movie progressed, I think that note became less of like a little zinger because it was like, ah, oh, they're not. It's not just like a, an Edison hate piece. Like they're no, it's not. You know. Yeah. So Kyle McLaughlin, I, I think he worked. And I mean, actually, this is like it's not a huge role, really. And there's because there's just not a lot going on in the film. But like uh, like Kit was saying, I think early, like I liked the way he looked in this and I liked I like yeah. what he was in this movie. He's so um, great. I think he's so underrated. Like, even though he's obviously like a beloved cult figure and there's people who yeah. would like die for him. Yeah. He as an actor and the he, he can be he's a really good actor, but also so funny. And I just yep. don't think we take full advantage of that in the film industry or in the television industry of like Kyle MacLachlan is so he's like Bruce Campbell in a way where it's like, just put him in more stuff. Yeah. He's great. He'll enhance anything. <laughs> it's true. They should have put him in the new Dune. <laughs> um, also, a couple more casting notes. Eben Moss Bacharach was in this, which is someone that my best friend Natalie and I used to be obsessed with when we were in middle school. Who? Eben Moss Bacharach. He plays the friend the Tesla's like working partner, the other yeah, like Hungarian, uh, the Hungarian guy. Um, he's in Royal Tenenbaums. Okay, um, he looked familiar. Yeah, he's he was on Girls. Like he just has been playing like small, tiny roles and things for like twenty years. Um, and then also the lady who plays Sarah Bernhardt, which it's interesting. I was just working on something at work. We on a uh, Sarah Bernhardt piece because she was an artist too, and she made like sculptures of herself. Um, who who was she in the movie? Very... Well, she that was the character, the the actress. And then she's played by a lady whose name I don't know, but she was in the Halston miniseries on Netflix as Elsa Peretti. And she looks so much like Marissa Berenson that it like she's she's just like hot as shit and like so cool and feels like such a like 70s like late 60s early 70s like model to me she's just like so cool um hey Mike, and totally Ma- like the second coming of marissa berenson mike do you know who marissa berenson is no, okay. she's, no. In, she's in barry linden <laughs> okay well the thing is, okay. is Kit, you're 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 doing like a a chain of of names and people <laughs> they look like and we know we know none of I, Here, i'm still trying I'll to figure you- out who is Sarah Bernhardt in the movie? Like, who's that character in That's the, the movie? Actress. That's the so actress. That was what confused. I can see Andrew got lost there. She's right. the lady that does the shows in front of, where she, like, dies in front of everybody. Got it. So she's I, that actress. And then I saw, <laughs> when Kit said that, Andrew was like, but which actress is it? So, um, because it so was a here, movie full of a, actors and actresses. Here's a picture of Marissa Berenson. And then what's okay. that actress? I have to look up her name. Liza Minnelli. No, Wait, the actress in in Tesla. Like, what's her what's her oh, name? I thought you meant in the picture. I was oh, like, yeah. how the hell does Kit not know Liza Minnelli? 
Is she so she was a real person who would die in front of people? I don't understand. I I, no, she was I, I had a, she was following a, that part. I didn't get she what was, that was either. It's funny because like she says or some or Bono's daughter or whatever, she says like she was the first like global superstar. Mm-hmm. And that's like exactly what we wrote in the label that I just worked on for the museum. Um, but she was just a fucking huge celebrity. For, um, what did she do? As, for act, she was an actor. She was an okay. actress. So, but yeah. the performances in the movie was she would lay on a couch and like pretend to die. I f- don't. Th- I mean, I don't know much about her. I don't think that that was like the entire show. <laughs> I was. I was very confused by that. I, I could not picture a bunch of people like being like you have to see this this lady pretends to die like nobody you've ever seen <laughs> like you've seen like kids pretend to shoot each other and fall over in the street this lady takes it to another level she has a couch on the stage <laughs> get your get your money we're going to the theater tonight but like look at this resemblance it's crazy uh for the listeners the resemblance is uncanny it I is think, yeah it's a good resemblance. Who was the lady? Is that you said that was Bono's daughter? Was Eve, Eve Hewson? Eve Hewson. Yeah. Okay. She was she also was in um, Robin Hood. That Robin Hood with yeah. what's his name who played Elton John? Uh, um, Egerton. Uh, Taryn Egerton. Yeah. Taryn Egerton. Yeah. So I got uh, some positive notes. Let's do it, dude. I'm ready. I liked the coil sounds when they were doing the Tesla coil. I thought that it, whole it's thing. a great. It's a great sound. Sounded nice. Uh, I thought Eve Hewson was pretty. Um, mm-hmm. And that those were my positive notes. That's Her great, full dude. name is Memphis Eve Sunny Day Hewson. <laughs> That's very Bono. Very Bono choice. She was on the Nick, by the way. You brought up the Nick earlier. She was mm-hmm. on that yeah, show. I saw that. I looked her up on. on um, what I will say about the Tesla coil scene is that it is so much better in Red Dead Redemption 2. That if you're into Tesla coils, you need to yeah deal well, with the I, Tesla guy in RDR too. I also I also like uh, I was I kept thinking about the Prestige, um, yes, which I love. Like that's that's a probably a better Tesla story. Um, mm-hmm. Just and 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 I mean this there is some kind of overlap here. Like oh Tesla totally. Starts, Starts starts talking like there's 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 stuff you know about Magic. the supernatural that he doesn't mm-hmm. totally go into, but like people are you know the thing where she's talking about how now that she has electricity in her house, she said she had a cousin who died, and when the lights are on, it feels like her spirit is lingering or something mm-hmm. like that. So I mean, and and I know that like that was kind of part of Tesla's like thinking, like he was trying to like achieve some sort of like understanding of of things that were supernatural through electricity mm-hmm. um so there's yeah, a I further thought, connection what do you got what do we which got which is that so the director wrote this screenplay when he was like a long time ago when he uh-huh. was like much earlier in his career and in his mind it was very inspired by a combination of days of heaven and the man who fell to earth starring david bowie who very played cool. tesla so oh interesting very interesting. Yeah. Um, also, the Prestige has some great Tesla coil noises. Just to go full circle. Good to know. I've never seen the Prestige. Actually. I really didn't like it. Well, yeah. that that should be your indication that you should watch it, Mike. 
That's true. It's Nolan, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's great. I just want to point it out that like I saw movie. The Prestige probably around when it came out, possibly with Andrew, and even then I wasn't liking Christopher Nolan. So like I'm not just jumping. I'm not like oh. I don't know. I'm not doing a bit. I just genuinely don't like his movies. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember like in 2008, you were like one of the only other people I knew who would even like entertain a criticism of the Dark Knight. Um, and, uh... <laughs> well, this that's the thing with the prestige is when I was watching it, I'm like, I know exactly what like when they reveal what the reveal is. I was like, no fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> And I felt the same way about that other magician movie that came out at the same time that was almost identical. But the it was just like, I, that's how I, yes, that's how I feel about Nolan is, is like his movies think they're so smart and they're like, they're so, not, which is fine. And if he I was think, just not smart, then, then I would like him more. I think you should watch Tenet. No, oh, God, no, no, she shouldn't. I no, think, she no, shouldn't. I don't think you should go into it expecting that you'll like it. No. Or that it will win you over. I just I want to hear Kit talk about Tenet for the next three. Okay, years. you should put it in a triple. All right. We could do. You like, already said you would quit if we put any Nolan movies. in We any could do triples. like unintelligible films. Like we could do Tenet, and then what is that? What is that like low budget time travel movie that's like famously oh, difficult Primer. to understand? Like Tenet, Primer, yeah. and something else. <laughs> just like I, movies I, that I, think they're so fucking smart. It would be worth it would be worth listening to Kit complain about Nolan for the next three years if I get to complain about Primer for the next three years. Yeah, yeah. sure. Seriously, Isn't we Primer... need to think of a third one and then we can do it. So Upstream Color would that work? Yeah, that could Shane, be my entry. Shane, yeah, Shane Carruth is uh, Upstream Color and Primer. Oh, he did sure. the same. Okay, because I hated both of those. But yeah, I liked um, Upstream Color. I don't know what it was about, but I liked. I looking think at I it. sent yeah. Lee to see Upstream Color. It's weird that that came in because what was the Godard one you mentioned? Goodbye to language. I think I sent Lee to see both. I was like, you need to go see Upstream Color because it seems like something you would like. And I was also like, you need to go see Goodbye to Language. Because anything that just seems like is intended to annoy people, I'm like, Lee will like this. (laughs) (laughs) I've thought about doing a triple with like of of movies that Kit hasn't seen, but would probably complain about and i was thinking like oh be f- interstellar like, um, no yeah. i'm not letting you watch i'm not putting interstellar in front of you on uh, like i'm not willingly doing that it's it's too near and dear to me um but dunkirk i would love for you to watch dunkirk and I dunkirk would like is a, dunkirk. A, and a find a way movie. to complain about it i would uh, like it i think i would like that movie i think that's the exception that proves the rule that nolan sucks <laughs> Oh my god! Um, <laughs> and then like the Matrix. Yeah, we just ha- we have to watch the Matrix. We just have to see it's, that's it's that's coming. the other. This might be getting ahead of ourselves, but that's the other triple that I'm considering for my I next. I did just triple. watch the whole Matrix trilogy, and oh my god, that movie is so fucking. It's just like it's such. It's lightning in a bottle, man. It's so the funny. Matrix. Yes, the, the Matrix, Matrix is great. It's the, great the other ones Matrix are terrible. <laughs> two was bad, and the Matrix three I saw for the first time, like in the last year. I finally watched it. Awful, one of See, the just worst movies I have ever watched. I know this and is so that that is the prevailing opinion. That is what yeah. everybody in the you are not alone. Everybody thinks that to the point where I think I'm wrong in saying that. <laughs> I think everyone is off their rocker because the Matrix two is boring to me it sets up everything with no payoff and then like it's it just it drags and it's slow and then 
in the third movie, it's like, all oh, right, we got we got pacing that I can get behind. The characters are doing things that are more interesting. Uh, there's less plastic face. Um, I think I'm surprised. Even ju- just not even from a the overall, this movie has you know incredible scripting and you know uh, the, the directors you know know exactly what they're trying to convey to the audience. Even like aside from those things, just just being able to sit and like watch it. Like the Matrix Two, it's like they've got that freeway chase, which is kind of cool, but gets less mm-hmm. cool every year they make more movies. Um, but yeah, I don't understand why people think the Matrix Revolutions is worse than the Matrix Reloaded. I think it's almost exactly what you just said. At least there's the freeway scene in the second one. There's just <laughs> nothing else in two or three that is appealing in any way. You know, I will say before we stop talking about the Matrix, because Kit has not seen any of the movies, I did okay. watch a I did watch a really cool featurette um, a couple weeks ago about the final battle between him and Smith and Neo. And uh-huh. what they did, you know how he's like, they're like, the road is lined with Smiths. Yeah. You do know that's a bunch of equal height dudes wearing Agent Smith silicon masks. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it fucking rules. There's a whole like mini documentary just about that, just about like all of the just painstaking work they had to do <laughs> to create like 500 uh, Smith silicon masks. Interesting. Yeah, and just yeah. like they talk about like the logistics of like wrangling people, measuring people, all of the different departments that had to be involved <laughs> with figuring out how tall all of these featured extras were going to be. That is interesting. I I have no doubt that the the technical uh accomplishments of the film, like or that that there are technical accomplishments of the second two films. I just in terms of how they are as as the story and as movies not good and i will Um, say and i will say for the listeners um i i was i i was slamming the matrix 2 to appeal to mike um but officially i am a fan of the entire matrix trilogy wow Um, i think it's i think i think it i think there's nothing else like it i mean uh, sure there's some anime and stuff that it draws from but like it's so it's so unique to me i can't i can't imagine them ever remaking the matrix because it it creates get ready <laughs> yeah i know but they create such a dense it's such a dense world and i do believe even if the even if the directors don't effectively convey it i do believe that they know what everything means <laughs> it's a it's a bold stance yep i think it is um, it is i think it is the uh oh boy here we go I think it is the Lord of the Rings trilogy of science fiction. <laughs> uh, All right. And we'll see. No, because Star Wars isn't science fiction. Science fantasy. Get with it, Kit. Oh, my God. It is. <laughs> uh, for the listeners, Andrew just pushed his very thick glasses up further on, on his nose when he said that. Um, all right. I got a couple more notes. Um I thought Hawk's uh, Tesla voice just kind of it wound up sounding just creepy a lot of the time. Like, I agree, especially was, since Eben Moss Backrack was so much more Eastern European. It was like, yeah, weird. Yeah. 
Can, can, uh, I thought the thing with the Colorado backdrops. Well, was wait, 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 real, 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 real quick, because we're talking about Ethan Hawke. Let's like yeah. keep keep that next note. But I do just sure, want to okay. say that, like, yes, I I agree with you. Like, uh, I don't think this is Ethan Hawke's best movie. I don't think he's bad in it, but um, I just don't think that like the 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 style they were going. It's it's just it's it's not a lot for any actor. I think like I don't think it's it's. I don't know. There's something about it that's just, it's so, um, it's like just very underplayed. It's a lot of like brooding. Um, but I do want to say that, you know, let's hear it for our boy, Ethan Hawke. That dude's been doing the thing yeah. that he's been doing for, you know, 25 years and he's still going strong. Well, and very much so because when he, I mean, when he burst into song, like a karaoke performance at the end, like which yes. a moment I'm sure Mike hated, but I was like, it was so holy shit that I was like, I'm, I like this. And it was also yeah. so much like reality bites that I was like, right. wow, that was like 30 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> so, you know, he's definitely destroying his voice with cigarettes and whiskey, but um, <laughs> I think he's, uh, I think he's one of the good ones and I'm glad that we, I th I'm oh, glad I, to yeah. have him around, you know, every like now Ethan and then, yeah. every now and then he pops up in some like dad red box movie but other yeah. than that like he just does lots of like weird indie well, movies still and he's a schrader boy too and yeah and with the way that he yeah. looks he could have gone down a different path it's kind of like yeah. he has the the career that johnny depp like wanted to have but liked money too much to have <laughs> i agree yeah i mean ethan hawk has popped up in some like mainstream like you know obviously mm -hmm. people know who ethan hawk is but like you know he's yeah. in like lord of war and I actually how do people know who ethan hawk is what was his was reality bites his big thing i think i think he was like a big sexy dude from that yeah, yes okay because like the he, last thing i can think of was that he was in was boyhood oh i'm sweaty was boyhood he was a heartthrob um, in the 90s like that was like yeah. his thing was right was but like from what gattaca yeah Gattaca, but the Gattaca wasn't a big movie. It's kind I mean, of got a I know. Kind of I mean, Great Expectations, that wasn't a huge movie, but. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah I do I, like I, Ethan Hawke. I just. Well, Deb, I Deb Poet Society. Oh, that's, that's a, probably, yeah. That's probably a big one. Yeah. That's got to be one of his more seen movies. But like, he did one of Sidney LeMay's last movies. He did the, the Before Trilogy. Yeah, all of these are. Right. These are all like, yeah, White Fang. So like the 90s, I think that was like when he, late 80s, 90s is when he became, you know, like a heartthrob. But he just like maintained, like training day. Training day. I would say that's that big. is. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, a that's, that's a big modern day Ethan Hawke movie that people still remember. But they I most also remembered. don't think there was any guarantee that that would be like a huge movie. It's no. also like a prestige movie. He's like yeah. if River Phoenix had lived a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I was actually just thinking this morning about doing a Denzel uh, triple. So I was going through that would be cool. That yeah. would be That'd really be cool. cool. It's very fun. Uh, I watched something recently. I mean, I feel like every time I because like Denzel Washington is like one of those actors who, you know, people can do impressions of and they're funny. Um, yeah. But he's just so consistently goddamn good in pretty much everything mm -hmm. he, he does. Even yeah. like um, Well, yeah. Movies. And like it was fun going through his his list because like he really hasn't been in like a ton of movies for as long as he's, he's been like you know his career is very long but he's not like in like two movies every year like some some guys like that oh yeah uh, 
But I, I noticed in going through it, like there's several directors he's worked with more than once. And then it's just a really, it's a variety. Like he's not an action star, but he can be an action star. And then he's not like, he's in a couple like romantic films. He's in a couple, I don't know, just like a very like diverse, like group of movies where it's not like, like, oh, that's a Denzel role. Like, of course you're going to call, like, I kind of feel like Bruce Willis is kind of like you call him in for like a certain role. He's done comedies. He's done stuff, but just like with Denzel, I was like, you could, I, I was coming up, trying to come up with a triple. It's like, you could easily make it like three very different movies and it would be kind of fun to watch them all together. But the main movie I wanted to watch was unstoppable because I've never seen unstoppable. That movie kind of uh, rules, dude. It that looked movie, really fun. It's been on my list for a long time. It's, I think that's, I think that's maybe Tony Scott's last movie. Yeah. Oh no. Wasn't Domino after that? Or was Domino? No, that? Domino's Domino's like 2004 okay. or five. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I think, I think it's his last movie. And, um, I remember when the, when when the first trailer for Unstoppable came out, everybody's talking about, God, it's a movie about a fucking train. Who gives a shit? That's so fucking <laughs> yeah. boring. That looks stupid. And then it kind of and also he had done he had just done a train movie. He remade the Taking of yeah. Pelham One Two Three. Yeah, and yes. then he did Unstoppable yes. the next year. That's but what yeah. I was saying when you said Unstoppable. I was like, wait, is that the one that remakes Taking of Pelham no. One Two Three? <laughs> Taking of Pelham One Two Three is really bad, but Unstoppable is cool. I think because it's so it's such a simple premise, and uh, and then the two of you know Chris Pine and Denzel just hanging out on a train together trying to solve a problem is cool. That's yeah. fun. Um, I really I like train movies. Like, dude, I love train trains. Is, yeah, put me on put me on a train and I'm friggin' content from here to Timbuktu. Yeah. I realized like trains and rainy jungles. I will watch any movie like mm -hmm. uh, there's a handful of other. It just has to be the setting like like Clue and stuff like that. It's got like the spooky old mansion. I'll watch any spooky old mansion kind of movie. Uh, anyhow, Tesla. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot. I, I understand. There's not a lot to, to really say here. It's it's, yeah. you know, um, I, I think the. Uh, it's 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 just it's a it's a movie with a very specific tone and um and i definitely get why mike didn't like it um and uh i don't know i just i think i think it's i just think that it's i mean just to circle back to what we were talking about at the beginning i think it's really cool to um to play with the uh, format of cinema in ways that are, you know, maybe normally taboo. You know, you don't usually talk to the audience. You don't usually put a cell phone in a period piece. And I kind of like the idea of just not giving a shit about that. I mean, it's the same reason I like, you know, some of like, like Inglorious Bastards is probably one of my favorite Tarantino movies. And I don't even think it's anywhere near his best, but I just love the idea that somebody was like, yeah, I'm going to kill Hitler. Because uh, I think that's I think I think there are I think there's a, a prevailing belief that and it's insane, but like my grandmother was a history teacher, um, among other things, and like she she hates that. She's like, well, if it didn't happen that way, you shouldn't put it in the movie. And my thinking is like, if you're going to the movie theater to get your information about the real world, then you're in a lot of trouble. Um, and I think movies should be able to do whatever the fuck they want. I think it is one of the most 
uh, malleable, um, you know, art mediums in existence because it employs all of them basically. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I want, I want to see people, even if it doesn't always work out, I want to see people do things that are different. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I do think this movie is different. I don't think it's like, as like, you know, I don't think it's like, you know, super subversive or anything like that. I don't think it's trying to be, I think it's trying Mm -hmm. to be its own thing, but I don't like to Kit's earlier point. It's not pretentious. Um, no, it's, it really wasn't, which is, which is good. Honestly, like points for that. Yeah. Three unpretentious movies that tried to tell a, you know, an unconventional story about a real person. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess one thing I would throw in while we're talking about this is like, these, as you said, like these are three kind of unusual movies. Like Ed Wood is probably the most straightforward, but it is very weird in a lot of ways. Oh, it's very um, weird. But like, you know, they're all odd and that might not work for everybody. So it's kind of, I feel like this was, it, I kind of admired, like, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's ambition or just, but I, I admired like some of the, the chances they took, but it just didn't work for me. It worked sure. for you guys better than it worked for me. And so it's like, yeah, I really, nothing against the movie and like, I was trying to think of how I would even approach the episode because it's like I'm not going to come in swinging because I didn't like dislike the movie like it wasn't you know there were just things I didn't like about it things that rubbed me the wrong way but for the most part I was like no it's like they did what they could with what they had like it was okay so I was I was kind of compared like there were see like when I was watching this movie like I would see like a scene and I would think back to another movie that I had seen that reminded me you know like the the other way to do this. And, like, I was thinking about, like, when they're talking about Tesla's childhood and it's him studying at a desk in front of a a rear-projected image of, like, the forest, uh, you know, near his home, presumably. And, you know, it looks completely artificial. We know he's not really there. Um, And there's just some VO. There's something about the simplicity of it. And I, and I, and, and, you know, I don't recall exactly what was being conveyed in the scene, but it was effective. And then I think back to like the movie Ray. And yeah. I think about like when they <laughs> show Ray, Ray's <laughs> childhood and it's like a little blind kid and he's like listening, to, he's like learning how to play music from the tempo of rain hitting a bucket. And it's just like, it's the most, it's the most Hollywood bullshit i've ever seen and it maybe that's how ray learned how to keep a beat i have no fucking idea but the way it looks is so fucking stupid um so yeah i don't know i think i think just getting away just stripping down this uh this genre into like really simple and easy to digest but still pretty creative um morsels is just really appealing to me well all right kit any other little stragglers or anything no i don't think so other than to say this i think this reiterate that i think this was really in a way of a piece with mishima um and made it these this was a good like triple like the choices were interesting and did genuinely like go together. And when you mentioned Tesla, I was like, I don't even know how that movie is unconventional. And I don't think it's as, I think all of these are, uh, Mishima is the most obviously unconventional. Ed Wood is kind of unconventional in a more subtle way. And then this is also in a more subtle way, but they all definitely, especially as a contrast to what we think of as a biopic. And I think they're all 
they have something in common, which is that they are playful about what movies are, I think, in a way that's yeah. really interesting. And it seems like they're both unconventional in the way they tell the story of the people and also in how they approach like audience immersion in a movie, which is interesting. All right, everybody. Well, that brings us to our cruise minute. Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, I got I, anybody got anything? No, I, I don't have anything. I, got, I think I like he would have made picture, an interesting though. Tesla. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got, yeah, I agree. I think he would be a good Tesla. Uh, two things. One, I I watched the um, the final like bad guy fight scene it from Mission Impossible 2 today. Um, God, that's a funny scene. I don't think I've seen it in a really long time. But it's, it's good. Just... Is this the motorcycle one where they jump uh, at each other? Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. I don't know if I don't know. Here's here's what I'll say. I don't know that it is good, um, <laughs> but I do know that. Tom, and honestly, even like sometimes like Tom Cruise in it is like kind just like the way and on it. I think it's it's John Woo. It's totally John Woo. Just like him, like Tom Cruise, like holding his side and stumbling in a very Tom Cruise way. It's the most Tom Cruisey Tom Cruise thing I've ever seen. But um, obviously, the the knife and the eyeball is amazing. Um, yeah. And there's, but there's, there's this great slow mo. There's several great shots of Tom Cruise like doing a like sideways somersault, and you see his face as it, you know, spins in a in a, a clockwise three hundred and sixty degree uh, turn. It's just like okay, so he learned, he did some shit. Um, so just. <laughs> Like this, his stunts look good. It's it yeah. also there's just there's just no way in hell that I believe Dougery Scott had any chance whatsoever. Like the <laughs> fact that he's even like some like it's like it's like uh you know a plus uh, action star Tom Cruise versus some guy's dad. You he's know? so he is so easily the weakest villain. Oh, in no question. He's movies. so bad. He's and I mean he's not even in movies anymore. So. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, but he's just like it's just like uh, it's Ethan Hunt versus some girl's abusive boyfriend. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's so lame. But um, the actual news that I have is uh, <laughs> this headline's really good. Uh, cruise control. Tom Cruise's face is back to normal as he pilots helicopter in London <laughs> after shocking fans with a very different look. So if our listener will um, recall, we were um, shocked by how much Tom Cruise looked like norm mcdonald at a yeah fan event um but uh yeah in this picture of him flying a helicopter he looks looks like himself so let's hear it for the elasticity of skin mm -hmm. good work tom i'm mm -hmm. proud of you all right okay. very cool well thank you for joining us tonight folks please join us next week for what do we got well you're supposed to you're supposed to do the bit but that's fine Oh uh, no! Wait, ah, uh... <laughs> Kit. It will be a triple feature selected by Kit. Uh, I don't know if she is one hundred percent settled on what it is, but if she has, she could tell us about it now. Um, I'm not one hundred percent settled, and if you have a little bit of time after this, I we can settle it. Sure. Yeah, let's let's okay. settle this like men. How about that? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Well, then I will wrap up, and then we will settle this like men. 
Uh, slow motion triple feature was recorded at a fun pet store where wacky stuff happens all the time and romantic misadventures between staff are bound to happen. Pet Shop, Thursdays at 7.30 on ABC. <laughs> Special thanks to our producer, Lee, the man in the booth who makes us sound great. If you'd like to contact us, please do so at slowmotiontriple at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.